0: Welcome to the Fearless Year Podcast,
1: where we're dedicated to helping ourselves and
0: you along with us.
1: Break our codependent relationship with fear.
0: I am Dr. Rebecca Heiss. And
1: I'm Nathan Robinson.
0: Together we talk to experts about traits and skills in areas we hope to grow in as leaders of businesses, families, and communities. Skills and traits like creativity, the ability to confront, empathy, and time management. Your Fearless Year is all about fearing less. And doing more. Let's dive in.
1: Let's do it. Hey folks, welcome back to the Fearless Year. I'm Nathan. And
0: I'm Rebecca. And
1: today we have Dr. Taryn Marie School with us.
0: She is the foremost international expert on resilience in both leadership and life. She's a former head of executive leadership and development at Nike, global leadership development at Cigna, and founded the Resilience Leadership where she serves as the chief resilience officer, which is like the coolest title ever. Um, And she's highly sought after by coaches, executives, athletes, musicians, students, and actors, um. Welcome to the show. We are so grateful that you are spending some time with us to talk about resiliency. You are coaching some amazing people. And then there's us. But we want the <laughs> best advice that we can possibly get. But maybe we can just start simple by defining resiliency.
2: Yeah, well, I, th- I think what we should start with is you two are amazing people too. let you know, don't you know, it's not it's not amazing people. And then you it's like, <laughs> thanks you know, for
0: calling me out on that. I yeah, appreciate that. Yeah, you're all,
2: you're all amazing people. You have an amazing podcast. You're, you know, reaching people. You're uplifting, up leveling. Let's make sure we put you in that category, too. That's good words. That's a, mm, word. that's I appreciate a great that. start. So I'm going to give you our, our definition, and I'm, I'm going to tell you what resilience is.
0: <laughs> Perfect. then I'm
2: going to tell you what resilience isn't, <laughs> uh. according to our definition, right? So what resilience is is the ability to effectively address challenge in a way that allows us to be enhanced by that experience and not diminished. So, so Maya Angelou famously said something akin to, I can't change what happens to me, but I can control that. I'm not diminished by it. Mm. Right. This idea that it's not, if we're going to face challenge in our lives, it's when right challenge, change and complexity, we don't get out of this life by not facing those things. And so it's not if it's when we face challenge, change and complexity and we develop resilience by effectively, you know, addressing those circumstances in a way that over time, you know, we are enhanced by those experiences.
0: Mm, I love that definition. I I feel like so often, you know, (laughs) we get through one challenge or one conflict or or one big change. And we're like, okay, made it. And we never anticipate that there's going to be another one and there's going to be another one. Right. So hopefully this, this building of resilience can help us through the next and the next and the next challenge.
2: Yeah. I mean, what I would say is, you know, if if you're facing only one challenge at a time, you're, you're, you're fortunate, Mm -hmm. you know, one of the you know, I think one of the difficulties of this pandemic that we're in right now is is twofold. Uh it's the it's the layering of challenges, right? If you will. It's it's the it's the quarantine, it's the you know, impact of, you know, social isolation and distancing, it's you know, uncertainty, it's you know, impacting people's, you know, livelihoods. You know, many people know someone who's been, you know, you or 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 other people, you know, have gotten very sick, you know, from this, um, from, from COVID and, and we've lost a lot of lives, you know? Um, and so it's, it's the, it's the number, right. Of challenges, right. The, the volume. And then it's also the chronicity, right. Which is a fancy like psychology way of saying this stuff's been going on for a long time. We're tired, right. That's what chronicity means. Sure. That's
1: good. I, I liked how you, you drew attention, to three, so I I picked up on three areas, right? Challenge, change, and complexity. Yeah, those three because you know challenge we would all say okay, COVID is a challenge. Like there there are a lot of concrete challenges, but even change, um, even if we don't consider it a challenge, a change in career or location, and then just complexity, just mm-hmm. adding complexity itself can be something that requires resilience. Even if there's not one big challenge, it's just the complexity of, oh, my job changed, so our schedule changed, and then we have three kids at two different schools, and now we have another kid that's, that's me. That's, this, I was going to say, this life. is real-life scenario right now. <laughs> <laughs> and so there's not one thing, but it's the complexity of all of it that becomes, over time, like you said, becomes difficult or becomes challenging.
2: Well, I love that you asked about the the definition of resilience right off the bat, because I'll tell you, you know, one of the things that brought me to the study of resilience is because I couldn't figure out what the heck it meant. Okay.
0: You
2: know? <laughs> I like so, that. Yeah. You know, I, I grew up in a, in a childhood home where, uh, you know, we had a, a set of encyclopedias, you know, on one side of the room and a really thick Merriam Webster dictionary on the other side of the living room. And so I, I grew up with this belief that anything I wanted to know about the world, I, and I could learn and I could mm. learn by, you know, this was before the internet, right? Um, I, I I could learn by looking up in the encyclopedia, or I could learn by looking it up in the dictionary. And so when I first became interested in resilience 20 years ago, you know, what did I do? I looked it up in the dictionary and I found this really like circular definition that was, you know, resilience is to be resilient. And then I looked up resilient and it said to demonstrate resilience. And I thought, well, I can't figure out what the heck that is. You know, this seems like a really important, you know, kind of human construct, human concept. And yet I can't figure out how to harness it or make it real. What I've seen in definition subsequently is it'll, you know, there's a lot of things we say about resilience without really like thinking about it, you know, with like, without sort of like checking in. And so, you know one of the things that we say is we say we use the word recover a lot mm. in relation to resilience and, and some of the definitions that you know that you'll read or people your listeners will read will say you know to to quickly to quickly recover right and what i'll say is resilience isn't about speed mm. and oftentimes the people that come back really fast you know and, and I wouldn't like sort of make a blanket statement across the board, but like hard things take time, yeah. you know, and, and so mm-hmm. often in our society, we pressure ourselves and we pressure others to get better mm-hmm. and to get better fast. You know, I've been in in Ubers. Right. And I'll be in the backseat, like thinking about something or, you know, looking at my phone and the, and the Uber driver will look back at me and he'll be like, you know, you should smile. You should put a you know, you should put a smile on your face or you know, you've you know, maybe you've had people say that to you. Um Rebecca's like, yes I have and yeah. <laughs> We we can we can have we can take this down a whole nother route and we may yeah. have to have a follow
0: up conversation on this. Yeah, yeah. So there's you know,
2: so so without going too far down the, the rabbit hole, right? It's like there's this like preference in our society for like don't be upset smile be in a good mood mm-hmm. you know and it's like we don't really give ourselves the time or permission to explore right these challenges these changes and and this complexity it's this idea of like the speed at which we need to recover like we need to like put a smile on our face and you know come right back um th- that is not that's not necessarily resilience right mm-hmm. it's not not resilience right because i think people can integrate things you know, quickly, but just to do it quickly isn't a hallmark of resilience. Do you, do you see? I, I really,
0: I love that. I really appreciate you saying that because it's funny timing too. I had a friend reach out to me maybe an hour before we got on this podcast and he lost his wife, maybe, um, gosh, it's been probably 10 years now. And he just short messaged me. It just said, you know, I can't believe I still am reacting to things like he got a, a bill in the mail, um, with her name on it and he said he had this massive emotional reaction to it and he, he was so upset with himself for having that reaction and I was like, huh I never would have thought to be upset or angry or or disturbed by the fact that I hadn't you know raced through and, and been resilient in that moment. Hard things take time as you said know yeah. yeah, and that's um, that's a, that's a hard thing. I think you're spot on with the fact that we're we're under pressure, I think constantly often self-imposed to just say, okay, yeah, I'm fine. Let's go. It's <laughs> Nathan hears me say this all the time. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's Move it's, on. It's, it's, it's fine to not be fine.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. You know,
2: yep. um, we, we get to give ourselves permission, especially in this moment, you know, to not to not be fine. You know, one of the things that I've been saying over the course of this pandemic is the only insane thing is to be sane all the time.
0: Yep, you know? <laughs> there's there's a great quote there, and I uh, yeah I love that. It's it's a maddening thing to be sane in such an insane environment for sure. Yeah,
2: like like sometimes we need to lose our stuff, right? And and lose our stuff in like an appropriate, like non hurtful, non reactive, non attacking, you know, way. But it's it's okay to to allow people to lean on us. But if we try to be, if we try to be strong all the time, we try to be like paragon of perfection. And like, I'm looking in the mirror on this, by the way, Yeah. you know, (laughs) uh, know, this is, this is me talking to me as much as it's me talking to all of you. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, like it gets to be insane when you don't allow yourself to have the emotional reaction and experience that you need to have, because you know, you think you can't, or, you know, you think you're going to let people down and, you know, your podcast, right. Is called like your, your fearless year, yeah. right. Yeah. Your, fe- your fearless year. And, and fear is another interesting one. So, you know, we've done a really great job as humans as sort of like bifurcating emotions that are good to have and emotions that are bad to have, you know, and we get, we get like a little black and white about that. Right. So like, Mm -hmm. it's good to be happy and grateful and generous, right. It's bad to be frustrated, annoyed, angry, indignant, fearful. Right. And so we've got these sort of like two faucets of emotions. Right. And, and so often we don't speak to give voice to, or even let ourselves have the experience of the emotions that we think are like the bad emotions, you know, Mm. fear, fear is an important emotion,
0: Mm. right? Yeah, absolutely.
2: Um, You know, some really powerful things cannot occur without fear being present. You know, we can't be brave by definition. We can't be courageous by definition, without the presence of fear, mm-hmm. right? So fear gives birth to, fear gives rise to the ability to be courageous, the ability to be brave, you know? And if we try to eradicate fear from our lives, what we also eradicate is the opportunity to be brave or courageous.
0: It's so important that to us that our, our listeners understand the concept that this is not meant to be have no fear, right? Like right. this is absolutely a sorting of those fears and a saying, okay. Should I, should I be afraid of this? Is this something that I should fear? Should I fear my reaction when I'm down or should I embrace it? And in what, in what way can I healthily embrace it? You know, how can I take when I'm feeling down, when I'm feeling at my lowest point, how can I take some strategies to be resilient?
2: It's not about being fearless. It's about learning to fear less.
0: Yeah, exactly.
2: Do you see? And, Mm -hmm. and so... Um, what we don't want, what we don't want is for fear to, to stand in our way. We don't want fear to incapacitate us. Somebody said, everything you want is on the other side of fear. Yep. Right. I was diagnosed with dyslexia at 37. You know, that's, you know, in the world of dyslexia diagnoses, uh, that's late in the game. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, I made it all the way through elementary school, through high school, through graduate school without, you know, this diagnosis and, and consequently accommodations. And so, you know, one of the gifts of dyslexia, you know, one of the gifts of being someone who's, you know, not neural normal is I also see the world differently, mm. right? And, and in seeing the world differently, I have to look at words very carefully. And when I look at words very carefully, I see that the word scared and the word sacred <laughs> are essentially the same word right just with the c in a different place perhaps what that means in the in the wisdom of the english language is that fear isn't meant to stop us right what scares us is not meant to be avoided or numbed or ignored right or or to change our trajectory but perhaps the things that scare us is like a hallmark of what our most sacred development experience is Right. Mm -hmm. Perhaps, you know, fear points (laughs) us toward what we're supposed to conquer, what we're supposed to face and isn't meant to be a deterrent. Right. Mm -hmm. So what scares us may indeed be our most sacred opportunity for development and growth.
1: So I'm going to reframe a little bit what I what I heard you say and what resonated with me. And that's when I feel a fear come up. What if. This is showing me an area of vital opportunity. What if this fear is showing me an area of great devotion and, and love and passion, right? I'm, I'm This fear is coming up because I'm protecting something. Or what if this fear is coming up in a way that I have something unexamined mm-hmm. that may be, a, like you said, a challenge, a change or something complex, but instead of letting the fear be what, what stays, I'm going to be curious, I'm going to follow it. And again, I'm going to see if there is something sacred in this, this moment of being scared. I really appreciate that lens.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I love what you're saying there about this, you know, this notion of, of curiosity. I also like the idea of asking ourselves, uh, why is this happening for me, as opposed to why (laughs) is this happening to me? That's a great
0: reframe. Yeah,
2: that that puts another level on it. You know, we have five practices of particularly resilient people. And the fifth practice is the practice of possibility. And what Mm. possibility is, is it's really in this sort of intersection of learning to fear less, not be fearless, you know, Mm -hmm. recognizing what scares us is sacred, recognizing that, you know, the Chinese character for crisis is a combination of the characters for danger, you know, and opportunity, right? Mm -hmm. So what possibility is, is this idea of, uh, you know, to your point, right, looking at the possibilities that exist, getting curious, saying, what if? and then navigating the inherent paradox that exists within that, which is the paradox of risk and opportunity.
0: Pulling back for a minute um, from the, the fifth practice of resilience. Yeah, um, we skipped
2: right to the end on that. I, yeah. I,
0: we did, and, and that's why I was like, wait, uh-huh. I need to know the other four. Can, <laughs> can we dive into that? Can we, can we just rattle them off for us? What, what are the five practices of resilience that, that we should be on the lookout for?
2: Yeah the first practice is the practice of vulnerability mm-hmm. which is allowing our inside self our thoughts feelings and experiences to match the outside self to be congruent with the outside self that we show to the world in terms of those thought feelings and experiences you know and i would suggest to you that this sort of process of vulnerability right of allowing our inside self to match our outside self that it's a life you know it's it's a lifelong quest right mm-hmm. and vulnerability comes easier you know, to some of us, you know, than it than it does to others, right? And there's also with each of the practices, there's a paradox that exists within it, right? And so with vulnerability, the paradox is often how do I engage with vulnerability and also allow myself to be in a position of strength, right? Hmm. Simultaneously. Vulnerability is is really a, a foundational Uh, perspective to vulnerability. Vulnerability is the cornerstone of authenticity. It's the cornerstone of empathy. You know, if you think about it, you can't be authentic without having some level of vulnerability. If Brene Brown says vulnerability helps us leave a wholehearted life and gosh darn it, vulnerability showed up when I was looking at resilience too as a foundational practice. Like, why aren't we all running around (laughs) living fabulously vulnerable lives, right? Right. Um, Yeah. You know, why is it still you know, why is it still so hard?
1: Well, why do we avoid vulnerability mm-hmm. except as the as an expression of fear? Mm-hmm. To mm-hmm. sort of, you know, keep our arms close to our vital organs, you know, to ten, don't show tens your tens belly. Up our, yeah, tense <laughs> up our shoulders so you can't, you know, get at my neck. Um, you know, that those are the physical manifestations when, you know, we're feeling uncomfortable or the opposite of, of vulnerable. And um mm-hmm. so I I really Again, I want you to keep going, but I, I think we're hitting on the same theme from a bunch of different angles that mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. is really about fear, understanding it, inquiring after it, and then choosing the path forward instead of just being a victim of it.
2: We, we believe mentally in something uh, called like the vulnerability bias or the shame bias. But the, the idea is that you know, for example, like Rebecca, if you share you know uh, a, a story of your own resilience, Right, mm-hmm. you you share a challenge that you have faced, right? Then the rest of us are like, oh my gosh, you know, Rebecca has this like amazing podcast and she's incredible. And in addition to that, like, look at this challenge that she's faced, and like, she's amazing and she's strong. And you know, we we think all of these positive things about mm-hmm. you, right? Because you've managed to be vulnerable with us and and share this experience, and yet. When we think about, like the rest of us think about, like, okay, sharing my story of challenge, my story of resilience, what comes up for us is the is the opposite of that, right? Is the bias that even though I think more of Rebecca, right, I fear that, right? And this is where the fear comes into play there. I fear that even though that was my experience with hearing your story, if I share my resilient story, people will think less of me.
0: So during you know, some of my talks, I'll ask people, I'll, like, I'll just call somebody out from the audience. I'm like, all right, you, you know, John over there. John is going to stand up and sing Twinkle, Twinkle Little Star. And, you know, like the look on his face is like, oh, my gosh, no, please, no, not me. And I'm like, you don't actually have to do this. But let's just say, imagine John does this, right? Mm-hmm. How do we all feel about John? And everybody's <laughs> like, oh, man, he's brave, you know, courageous. Wow, we love him. And I said, OK, what if, you know, even if he's terrible, we, we love him for it. What if he's good? Oh, yeah, bravo. I'm impressed. So what's the thing that stops us? It's always these fears. It's always that fear of rejection, right? Like, oh, they're going to kick me out of the tribe. You know, I'm not liked. I'm not loved. I'm going to be abandoned. You know, it's it's such a deep seated fear. And yet, you know, it's so easy to see even in
2: that moment. Oh, everybody's going to like me more for this. Okay. I thought, what if I get on stage and I tell one of those vulnerable stories that I've Mm. told myself, if I tell this story, I'll lose my credibility. People won't like me. They won't love me. You know, they might leave or abandon me. And so what I decided to do was to get up on stages and to talk about resilience. And when it got to the time for me to talk about vulnerability and the vulnerability bias, to tell a story about having had a stalker in high school and the impact of that experience I developed as a result of that um, post-traumatic stress disorder, mm. right? Which if we haven't renamed it yet, we should really rename as post-traumatic stress response.
0: Yeah, okay. Because
2: it's it's not a disorder, it's a natural response that you know, our body uh, puts us through in order to, to integrate trauma. And I had symptoms of PTSD for 20 years and i thought as a rising executive as a at a corporation i can't tell people i have a mental health diagnosis <laughs> you know yeah. they may not like me they may not love me they might leave right and so what i decided to do was to put this idea of vulnerability bias to the test and see if i stood up on stage and i told the truth about who i was in service of sharing a story of resilience and talking about this bias, would that A, resonate with people and B, what would happen, you know, with my relationships? You Mm -hmm. know, I I became the Petri dish. Yeah. And, you know, I was pleasantly surprised to find that no one left, Mm -hmm. you know, no one stopped loving me. You know, no one stopped liking me. And actually I was doing these talks outside of the the company where I was working because internal was like, whoa, no way. And then people got wind of this like resiliency work that I was doing. And they said, oh, can you come? This was at Cigna. They said, oh, can you come and talk to, you know, 300 of our high performing, you know, women and and brokers. And I thought like, that seems like a terrible idea. (laughs) You know, why, why would I talk about having a mental health diagnosis, in front of the folks, you know, that are signing my paycheck.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, but I did, right? And I received a standing ovation. And mm. so what it's a testament to is this idea that the vulnerability bias is indeed a, a bias, right? And it's it's primarily driven by fear. The second practice of particularly resilient people is the practice of productive perseverance.
1: Mm.
2: And so this is the intelligent pursuit of a goal it's knowing when to maintain the the mission despite challenge and it's also about knowing when to shift and pivot you know when we recognize that there are diminishing returns or the landscape has shifted sort of fundamentally under our feet and and what's important to recognize here is a couple of things you know one again the inherent paradox right the inherent paradox of like just putting our heads down and, and going right and how that aligns with also picking our head up right? And surveying our mm. environment. And a, a term or a word, again, that's often associated with resilience, it's, it's the word grit, right? It's, it's Angela Duckworth's yeah. uh, concept, which is, which is incredible. And grit shows up here, you know, in this practice of productive perseverance, because what grit tells us is grit's about putting our head down and like, you know, being gritty after a particular goal. And that works really well if you want to graduate from the Naval Academy, you know, if you want to be a Navy SEAL, right? There's a series of requirements and, and it's really hard.
0: Just bear and, it.
2: And, and you're just going to, like, put your head down and be gritty about it. Right. right. Grit doesn't work so well if, you know, you're a company by the name of Kodak or blockbuster (laughs) Mm -hmm. right if you're putting your head down and just like continuing to pump out like vhs tapes and like film for cameras you know um what what you're not recognizing is that the environment around you has shifted and changed in such a way that that you have to or you have an opportunity to pivot right and so that's the sort of uniqueness of paradox right it's about knowing you know, the intelligent pursuit of a goal. It's about knowing when to be gritty, when to maintain the mission and when, you know, we we get to where we need to pivot in a new direction.
0: All right. So vulnerability, productive perseverance, number three.
2: You know, and it's interesting, I'll use relationships as a segue. You know, oh. I think productive perseverance shows up in a beautiful way in our personal relationships. Mm. I say, you know, resilience in leadership and life, you know.
0: Yeah.
2: And so, you know, in our personal relationships right like there are times when things get really hard right and so figuring out when to be gritty and to really like go after things that are meaningful and and that also shows up in the third in the third practice right which is the practice of connection Hmm. the third practice of particularly resilient people is the practice of connection you think well connection that's pretty easy you know um but it's not you know because what you have is is these two facets of connection or once again you guessed it, a paradox, right? Mm-hmm. Which is this notion of the connection that we have to ourselves, right? Internally, like knowing ourselves, trusting our gut, listening to that still small voice within, our personal development, our ability to receive love, right? You know, those those types of things. And then the external relationships that we have, like romantic relationships, business relationships, relationships and community, family members, right? Like Ram Das said you know, God bless him when he was, you know, alive, you know, if you think you're so enlightened, go spend a week with your family, right? <laughs> and, you know, so it's, it's, it's that essence of, you know, how do we connect with ourselves deeply and authentically? And how do we connect with others deeply and authentically? And what happens when those connections, you know, don't seem to be aligned, right? Or at, or are at odds with each other and finding a way to maintain the connection with ourselves and the you know, external connection to others.
0: Okay. Vulnerability, productive perseverance, connection leads to? It's gradiosity. Gradiosity. All right. Tell me all about gradiosity because I
2: am completely lost on that one. Perfect. Well, if you haven't heard that word before, it's okay because I made it up. So don't (laughs) feel bad. So gradiosity is twofold. Um, Again, it's this um, ability to look on an experience of challenge, change, or complexity, and to say, even though I wouldn't have chosen that, right? Like if I went to the like challenge store, like I wouldn't have like purchased that cancer diagnosis, cross country yeah. move, or that divorce, or, you know. Um, but even though I wouldn't have chosen that, uh, looking back after some time, I can see the good in that, right? I can I can see how that brought you know, goodness, you know, or learning or development or growth, or was the catalyst for something in my life, right? So Mm -hmm. that's the gratitude part of it, right? Like being able to look on that challenge with gratitude. And by the way, you know, try this sometime, Uh, you can't be grateful, and simultaneously be afraid. (laughs) You can't be uh anxious right like like a lot of those fear-based emotions Mm. so gratitude is actually this like tremendous presence right and and state of mind where you know you want to sort of get out of a fear-based mindset get grateful and then the second part of gradiosity is generosity and so Mm -hmm. what i found is not only were people able to look on a challenge with a with an element of gratitude but then they were able to share their resilient story generously, mm-hmm. right? Um, leaning on elements of vulnerability, so that others can learn from their experience vicariously.
1: Yeah, that's good. I, I love the two sides of that coin. To say gratitude is what what fills you up and allows you to be generous, or or it it creates generosity as mm-hmm. as an outflowing.
0: Uh, where where can we find you? to get more information.
2: Yeah. You can find me on social media. Um, Dr. Taryn Marie stays on Instagram, Dr. Taryn Marie. Um, I'm still afraid of clubhouse. Uh, I've signed up, <laughs> but I find it, I find it frightening to talk to the introvert in me is scared, uh, to talk to total strangers, uh, but I'll get there eventually. And, uh, our, our website is Resilience with a C, resilience-leadership.com. We've got all kinds of blogs and things uh, coming out.
1: Dr. Sharon Marie, once again, we appreciate your time and thank you for helping us to think about resilience, this idea of effectively addressing challenge so that we are enhanced and not diminished. We appreciate it.
2: Thanks Uh, Thanks so much. Honored to be with both of you.
1: You already know The Fearless Year is a podcast, but it's also a community of people looking to live more fearless lives just like you. The Fearless Year pod course is an on-demand resource built around our biggest learnings from the topics covered on the podcast. Each chapter includes additional tools, commentary, downloads, and prompts to further your own fearless journey. You'll also get free access to the IQITY 360 Degrees Self-Awareness App on iOS or Android. Finally, subscribing to the podcast also means that every month you will get a hard copy Fearless bullet journal in your physical mailbox. This bullet journal has one month of planning pages to chart your day, do personal reflections, respond to challenges from the fearless year, chart your personal growth, and customize it to fit your productivity style. Check out all the levels and details at MyFearlessYear.com. Again, check it out at MyFearlessYear.com.